This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics you need to start your investing journey. Are you joining us for the very first time? Is this the very start of your investing journey? Well, before you dive into this episode with us, our feed is designed to go from the very beginning. So we strongly recommend that you scroll up and start at episode one. If you're feeling brave and just want to dive in, don't let us stop you. Here at JSI, we unpack all the jargon and confusing bits. We hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating. And of course, we want to have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce. And as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this interview because we have someone who has listened to more equity mates than anyone else, I think. Definitely more than me. (laughs) Definitely more than you, uh, who has uh, well and truly joined us on the journey. And uh, for... The not the first time uh, we're seeing her in person, but uh, for one of the first times, but the first time we've got her in the studio, and that is our head of production. Yes, we have Sasha, head of production here at Equity Mates, joining us in the studio up from Melbourne. Sasha, welcome. Hi. You make me sound like a super fan, but I want to clarify. I get paid, <laughs> oh, you know I get paid to listen to you. <laughs> but you would do it for free anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, we, we haven't had that test yet, have we? We haven't found out whether we could stop paying free. you. <laughs> True. So, look, we are really excited. Sasha, you do live in Melbourne. We're up in Sydney. You do some amazing work down there, but um, it's great to have you up here. So we're going to take this opportunity to chat all things investing because you are also on your own investing journey. So we're going to do, play our true and false game, see where you're at, and then um, what you've learned from the Equity Mates Media podcasts because you've listened to every single one of them. So. <laughs> <I> certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> so Ren, let's start with true or false, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, Sasha, you've heard this game before. You've edited it many times, uh, so I don't need to explain it to you. True or false, uh, we'll start at the very start of your investing journey. Uh, True or false, your very first investment has been your most successful. I think I have to say true. I bought three stocks at the same time and the one that I still own is the one I've made the most money from. Okay. Does that count? Can yeah. You tell us, well, can you tell us stop? That, that sounds pretty successful. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I, I bowed out of the other two. So it's kind of like from the three, 
one was a bullseye and the other two were like, eh. That's Maybe investing, that's though. Mistake. That's, okay. that's investing. You, know, you don't need to hit 100%. Yeah. yeah Can um, you tell us the stock? Yeah, it's Australian found uh, AFI. AFI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was a barefoot. Did you read barefoot? I was yeah. a barefooter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that was, that was the safe bet for nice. me. Nice. Yeah. True or false, you had a strategy in place before you started. <laughs> um, False. <laughs> I did not have a strategy. Is that the right answer? There's no right yeah, answer. There's no, there's no, there's no right answer. Uh, I I had a vision of being rich, and that was basically like yeah, let's start, just yeah. let's if that's a strategy. Nice. Yeah, then that was my strategy. Nice. There you go. Uh, investing as is as hard as you thought it would be. Uh no, it's way easier than I thought it would be. Okay. Yeah. Nice. True or false? Investing is like gambling. It's definitely not like gambling. I've, I've always lost money gambling. I've never made any money. <laughs> I've never... So if you've always made money in gambling, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly Yeah, I'd be same. like, well, there's an equivalence there, but I guaranteed if I go to any bet on anything, it, I'll, yeah, I'll lose. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's not been the case in my investing. <laughs> so let's have a bit of a chat about your investing journey. When we met, you had already started, so um, that, that was great. H- how did you get started investing? What was the catalyst? Yeah, it's a really, I was thinking about this when um, you guys sprung on me that I was going to be on the show. I was like, oh, I better come up with a story. I guess I knew, I grew up with the knowledge that investing is what smart people did. And my parents always talked about investing, but I know that they didn't do it, but my granddad did. And he had a big um, share portfolio. And I think for my 18th, I was given a 500 bucks and told to invest it. And I didn't. I just—I don't think I spent it. I just put it in my bank account, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to work out how to do that thing that I then proceeded not to do." And then when I was 25, uh, I got a very, very, very small inheritance um, from an elderly relative who passed away, and I remember just that was when I went, "Well, look, I could spend it all." on a massive overseas holiday or I'm pretty thrifty. So, you know, yeah. I, um, or I could pretend I didn't get the money and finally work out how to do this investing thing. And I think at the same time, Barefoot was, he still, he hadn't written his book yet. So he's still not as famous as he is now. Like with every shop you walk into his books there. And someone said like, look, if you want to learn, this is the best way to go about it. And yeah, I just kind of, decided on three stocks and just went all right let's see let's see what happens put the money parked the money yeah and then just kept working and it's just kind of grown along on the side so that inheritance was the one that went into the afi and the other few yeah 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 because i just thought well best case scenario i never touch it and in 10 years it's gonna just give me some options or I might be a secret Warren Buffett and I'll discover <laughs> that I'm, you know, I just thought like, here's the chance to kind of work out whether I'm any good at it. Um, but what actually happened is I just put the money in there and then I didn't really do anything for another four or five years. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just sat there. I turned on dividend reinvestments and just kind of wished that it went up more. Yeah, it yeah, kind yeah. of plateaued for a while and I went, oh, all right. I'm not Warren Buffett, but... <laughs> could, could still be. Warren Buffett's plateaued for a while. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, so that was kind of... Uh, but I I think I've talked about this um, with other people, but I, I found it quite isolating when I started because podcasts weren't really big and 
I told a couple of people, I said, oh yeah, I've started buying shares. And the reaction was, oh my God, you're so brave. I would never do that. Um, like I just didn't have anyone in my immediate circle who went, oh yeah, yeah. Like, and started a conversation about it with me. It was just like I was this anomaly on my own, just kind of going, oh, okay, I guess I'll, I'll try to work stuff out. Has that here. changed now though? Yeah, definitely. Not just through working for you guys, but a lot more of my friends have started investing just coincidentally. So yeah, I think, but I do think podcasts and YouTube and all the different avenues now, you can kind of have an online community of your French, of your interests. Yeah, yeah. That really helps. Yeah, absolutely. So looking back to when you got started, Barefoot was obviously a big inspiration. I feel like you're, you you have had a habit of being early on Finfluencers, early on Barefoot, <laughs> early on Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what other resources helped when uh, you were getting started? Oh, um... I bought this really embarrassing book called Shopping for Shares. Oh, and yeah. It's like, Who wrote that? No, I bought that in from uh, one of my friends at work. Yeah. Uh, she's like, you're not going to believe this. My dad's got this book at home called Shopping for Shares. Bought it in about this thick. Yeah, and it's like yeah. got a pink cover. Pink cover and, it's and it's all about like... Very female. It's super female orientated. <laughs> female yeah. orientated. I didn't pay it. No offense. <laughs> no, no I-, I feel like you were obsessed with it for a while. No, no, no. I was slamming it. Shopping... Yeah, this... <laughs> yeah. this- this it's book registering was, something. This book, like, yeah, I, you've you've got a memory that's like, I, it's not quite bubbling up, but I remember this was a big topic of conversation. Yeah, for a yeah, while. I, yeah, I hated on it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah, I was like, this is the the messaging's wrong. Like, it's um, it's sexist. Like, it's not. It's equating buying a handbag to buying Amazon. Like, it was just for, personally. I don't know what you think, Sasha, but <laughs> Sasha's about to say it was a great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just remember it was the first book because Barefoot kind of was about sorting out your money and I was a freelancer and I was kind of earning nothing in my day job and doing lots of other stuff. And so his was more like that whole mantra of like looking at your individual cash flow as percentages of your bills was the thing that really like blew my mind. I kind of went like, oh, I can, you know, that was sorting my money out. And then this was the first book that I read that's like, this is, it had a really dodgy like valuation thing that I was like, oh, I see kind of how the maths could work to value stuff now. Like, you know, it's taken me years to then work out growth stocks is where everyone is now and that you can do all the maths you want, but if something's, you know, that that's been a whole other learning journey. But yeah, I think I kind of just stumbled around in the di- in the wilderness page, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. reading stuff and kind of thinking. Um, again, eventually I'll be brave enough to dip my toe in again and buy some more variety of things. I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, uh, after has there between stumbling around in the wilderness and editing finance podcasts for a living, um, <laughs> uh, were there any other resources on that journey that you found uh, that helped? No. No, okay. <laughs> nice. It was real binary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was real. And, and, you know, um, it was a real, like, the first three months of working with you guys 
I was like, I have to slow down. Like I have to stop buying or getting excited about things and just being like, oh, I'll buy that. Um, so, yeah, I've come full circle now. Back to like controlled Sasha. Well, that's yeah. good. Nice. <laughs> Let's not bring up your uh, but purchase, broader purchasing habits. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So one of the uh, exciting moments for us when uh, over the last couple of days when you've been in the office is we've all been chatting about some of our favorite investors of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Riveting conversation in the Buffett, <laughs> Klarman, you know, Bill Ackman. But one of your inspirations in the investing world is Paris Hilton. <laughs> Can you yeah. explain this? Um, sure. I mean, I'm going to go back to Alex's point that I'm really early on trends. Yeah. And oh, I just true, say, true. I think Paris is just... I'm more ahead of the game than we give her credit for. Oh, you're going to yeah. have to unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> but in well, all seriousness, there are some pretty... Well, yeah, let's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was just reading. I, I found it just before. It's in The Guardian and it's about the NFT world, which I'm still trying to get my head around just because we've launched Crypto Curious and I'm trying to read and understand as much about it as possible. Um, but she in it just randomly starts talking about how she made friends with the founders of Ethereum and has like invested in 150 NFTs. And, but what I find really interesting about her is how much she leverages her own kind of um, image. Yeah. And, and um, does interesting things with it. I mean, it does help that she's probably got a nice cushion of wealth to kind of play around in the outer regions of like, you know, trying this new, these new frontiers of how to make money. Um, I don't think she's going to be ending up in a studio flat anytime soon because she's like burnt through her own inheritance. But um, she's got 150 NFTs and and then also like creates her own with other digital artists. Yeah, she launched a couple earlier this year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and Uh I just think anyone who's brave enough to kind of go – yeah, what the hell? Let's give it a go. You know, we could do it. <laughs> well, I feel like anyone who's got the celebrity status to get the founder of Ethereum on the phone or in, meet him in person, he would. It would be a weird meeting though. So, I, have you? If you've seen videos of him, he is. Uh, he, yeah. Nerd. He's, he's an incredibly smart guy, uh, but probably socially awkward. I'd love to see him and Paris Hilton. I'd love to see a simple life reboot with him and Paris Hilton. I mean, it's a bit like, have you seen the cooking show with Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg? No. No, but I know they're friends. Yeah, because like, yeah. I, I imagine it would be a similar kind of vibe of like, but that's a really good cooking show. Mm. It's like they ha- they have to, they get a meal and they have to compete to who's going to make the best, okay. Snoop or Martha Stewart. And it's just really strange. Well, before we uh, have a chat about some of the things that you've learned here at Equity Mates from uh, being head of production of seven shows, we're just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, Sasha, you uh, have launched seven shows here at Equity Mates. 
Uh, congratulations. Thank you on that. The latest being Crypto Curious. Um, so if you are curious about crypto, head over and listen to that. We have a couple more in the pipeline. So um, stay tuned. But what have been some of the key takeaways that you've learned from editing and producing Stable of Finance podcasts? I mean, that's pretty broad, big it, question. It I is. think... Um, you know, the reason I started investing is because, um, I mean, you guys know this, but I was working in like the arts and the non-for-profit space before that. And you do not make a lot of money, you know, from your day job working in that space. But that's definitely, you know, storytelling and being creative has always been my passion. And I couldn't really, you know, I wasn't going to be a doctor. I faint at the side of blood. Like, you know, there's things that I was like, I'm never going to make huge money off my day job. So investing was kind of a way of making sure that I could build wealth and build security for myself while still making sure that I wasn't sacrificing on my day job passion or like whatever gets me out of bed in the morning to go to work. But I think like what I've learned from working at Equity Mates is that there's no wrong reason to invest. You know, that was always a little bit of a, I felt like a bit weird about the fact that I had different rationale from probably the standard finance media for being interested in it so that's kind of probably a personal lesson and then I think also just some the professionals get it wrong as well so why am I beating myself up for picking something that you know doesn't necessarily make a huge amount of money like it's it's just you've got to be in the game kind of thing yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's a good one. So many people uh, feel like they need to get it right from the get-go and it's just not the case. And you don't need to get everything right to be a successful investor. Yeah. And yeah. and you don't need to – and whatever reason you decide to invest is a good enough reason. You know, that's the other thing I think is that especially, you know, when I think about when I first started and people going, oh, you're so brave or, or you why are you doing that or, oh, you must know something. And I'm like, I don't. I just, <laughs> I just feel that, you know – Earning fifty grand as a receptionist can't be <laughs> can't be my future. Like yeah, I, yeah. So I think um, yeah, it's just the there's no get and and getting started is the best thing. But I think also what I love about working at Equity Mates, not to do a little bit of a brand plug for a second, but it's just the fact that now we've got seven. We've applied like this lens of you know what what do people want? What do Gen Y, Gen X, millennials? need um that hasn't been made yet and what what part of the conversation and it's just really fun you know sitting with talk money to me and they're just you know just spot out facts and figures and I go oh my gosh I've never even thought about that um and then to you're in good company you know who are very much representative of where I think I am in the learning curve so you know yeah yeah, the young generation, the Gen X. I spoke to an 11-year-old the other day, yesterday. About yeah, Bryce is about- hunting talent early now. <laughs> about- and this guy was switched on. I went in there expecting to do the whole what's a stock, blah, blah, blah. And he's just come in being like, here's my list of top 10 companies. There's a supply chain shortage in semiconductors. I love NVIDIA. And I'm just like, wow. And, you know, he had his YouTube channels, he had his podcast that he was listening to, and I was just like, wow, so there's this young, and he had his superhero account, and he's just ready to rock, and I was like, wow, there's a young generation of people that are ready to go that we should get a podcast for. Oh my gosh, that's in 11. (laughs) 11, and I was like, mate, you are, you're sorted, but he was still caught up on the whole... 
oh, it's gone up 50% in the last mm. two weeks. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to sell cause I've made $7, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, the other thing that I found amazing is, you know, it sounds so stupid, but like this idea of what you use, you can buy. I mean, that's so like I pay a Spotify subscription. So I bought Spotify stock because I was like, well, if if they've got me, they've got a free version and I love it so much that I'm paying to use it, then it's probably a company I back. And I think like just I remember when I started working for you guys and I use Adobe um, editing software. There's lots of different versions out there that you can use, but that's the one I, I've been trained in. So that's the one I use. And then I was like, I wonder if like, I went back because I started using it in 2010, I think. And I'm like, I wonder how much it was worth then if I'd like bought the premium, bought the subscription at the same time that I bought a share. And I'm like, oh, I would have made some nice money. That's yeah, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Like yeah. there, there are Instagram accounts that live on the whole, if you bought a Tesla in 2010 for 200 grand, this is what you could have had if you bought the stock instead. And it's just like... It's like it doesn't achieve anything. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like saying I remember when I signed up to Netflix, which was maybe the third or fourth year of uni. What would have that been? Two thousand fifteen, yeah, Th- thereabouts, when it was trading around. I'm having a look now. Trading around about a hundred bucks. It's now six hundred and fifty. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even today, like my. Uh, I won't actually call out who, but someone that we're mates with bought the. Uh, over-the-ear Apple headphones, uh, 850 bucks, uh, like just a stupid amount of money for headphones, most expensive consumer headphones on the market. Um, really? Well, yeah, it, then you get into like the professional sure, grade, yeah, 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 yeah. like the stuff that you guys are wearing uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, I don't think these are 800. I don't think these are 800. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then uh, I was just doing the maths and I was like, that's five shares of Apple. Apple's like 150 US. Like, you know, that, just buy the shares. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was just in my head. I was like, there's an opportunity. 800 compound at 10%. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what else do you own that you buy? What else do you own based off what you've, do you own oh, Netflix? No, I don't. I own Airbnb. Nice. Nice. Um... Because I, oh, there's some, I've got a list. I've, okay, you mean, so. You mean you've got a portfolio? No, no, I haven't bought them yet because oh, I had to oh, slow gotcha. down because yeah, gotcha. I was okay, just going okay, a bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. But the, um, the other one I've been thinking of, and I'm going to give you a really strange backstory for this, okay. but is Nike. And that's because I've become obsessed with their app, um, Nike Run Club. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it's like. They're just so good. And I remember, oh, who did we talk to who was, or I listened to an interview. Ben Crow was hired as like one of their mentors and coaches. And he talked about how the fact that Nike is, invests a lot of money and time into storytelling and like this idea of like every, everyone is an athlete. And I just think as someone who spends like my life and my day job talking about like how are we going to tell a story how are we going to create the the narrative like what are we trying to get people to believe in and then to hear one of their ex-employees talk about that's basically all he did at Nike and then I downloaded this app and it's just changed (laughs) not changed my life but I get really obsessed with things and I was like and it's just so it's just become um an essential part of my exercise routine so 
I can't imagine running without it now. And so I was like, you know, definitely next time I go buy shoes, it'll probably be Nike because I'll, it's just like creating that kind of awareness in my own consumption. So I think like if a brand is that good at the cut through, then they're just good. Yeah. They're good at aspiration. That's what it's all about. It's about making us people aspire to what the brand is going to give them. Yeah. 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 But I think, you know, that, that uh, is a perfectly fine way to invest. And I think, you know, valuation matters, but at the end of the day, the companies that people love are the companies gonna keep, that are going to keep doing well. Yeah, it means I'm definitely a risk of scammers. Like, if someone's going to come and tell if me... If you fall that- in love with a scammer, yeah. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> so we've just come off the back of... Um, well, we've actually just come off the back of ASX Week, but prior to that, we did a three-part series on building a thesis... Do you write anything down? No. I should, though. I've, I think that's, like, kind of been part of my um, full circle moment is that I kind of made a few decisions based off um, pure emotion and then was like, why, why did I do that? So I came – I moved back from London last year and obviously off the back of COVID and um, I was living in Brisbane with my parents – And um, the conversation was all about like, what are you going to invest in that's going to jump back up after the, you know, the COVID recovery. And um, I just like bought Flight Center shares. And, you know, I just don't ever use Flight Center. I don't, um, like the last time I used them was like 15 years ago. I don't, I wasn't traveling anywhere. Like there wasn't anything except I was like, yeah, they used to be $45 and now they're 16 (laughs) <laughs> and that yeah. was just like and so they they have bounced back but like six months later after I bought them I was just like why why did I make that choice you know it was just such an emotional decision and there were so many other options especially in the um equity mates community at the time you know people talking about Sydney airport and yeah, like yeah, yeah. um Webjet and you know like in hindsight there I just could have made so yeah, many I, other choices yeah I don't think the um the broader thesis of getting these stocks when they're down was is wrong. It was just probably you're right. It's like if Flight Center uh, was the first one that came to mind. You, you're right. You had Qantas. You had Sydney Airport. You had New Zealand Airlines. You had what's uh, the Auckland Airport. You know, plenty of other options. And and it was also like you know. And then obviously I bought it. And so then I was being sent. You know when they do their reports and that comes out and they own 99 bikes and that made heaps of money last year. And I was like, I don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know when you suddenly yeah. go... I didn't know they own 99 bikes. Yeah, so Flight Center. Yeah. It's, I'm sure it's one of the... It's his son, right. um, Graham Turner's son, um, and they, they own it. So, you know, then afterwards I went, oh, phew, because I suddenly started going, I'm not sure they're going to get through... Um, COVID downturn but then I went oh I didn't realize that they had so much diversity but that that is definitely something that I should have researched before Before, I bought the chairs. (laughs) The the other thing to note is that uh, with Flight Center they raised a whole bunch of money and so $20 is the new $40 in terms of the 
the share price. Yeah, yeah. which I learned editing one of your episodes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I went, oh, I really, I really just like went went in blind on yeah, this one. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's. Um, thankfully, it hasn't been the worst story for me, but I we, just thought it was interesting. Yeah, we were chatting to someone on one of the podcasts recently who was saying that Flight Center is going to be a great. No, it was on Ausbiz, I think saying that Flight Center is going to be a great investment because travel is going to be a lot harder now with, like, vaccine requirements and all this stuff. It's like Flight Center are just going to go and be like, we'll do all of that stuff for you. Whereas, like, if you just book on, like, Google Flights, you're going to have to deal with every country yourself and all of that. So you could be okay. I know. And I've got to say, like, um, again, I didn't have this much foresight when I... um bought them but I had that experience coming back from London was like just the changing systems between you know you can't fly direct you can do the Perth Dreamliner to London but you have to stop over somewhere and just like with COVID testing the complexities of like being able to prove that you've got a vaccination being able to prove that you've tested negative like I think Australians especially because we're always like two legs away from it a lot of countries that's a complexity we haven't thought about yet so sasha you always have uh some wild and crazy questions out there uh in the equity mates office or in an equity mates team meeting and we figured now that we've uh we're on this get started investing episode would give you the chance to uh just ask really whatever investing questions you have um you know, you've had in the past ones about like leverage and stuff like that. So uh, if you've got any questions, uh, now's now's the opportunity to get them off your plate. Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel like you, you're always you're, you're setting me up to say that I do lots of wild questions, but you're also always really polite about them at the time <laughs> and do your best to answer Sorry, them. I should say so, they're never they're, the questions never out there. It's always the context in which you're asking them, like in the middle of a team meeting. <laughs> That's true. I definitely need to work on my professionalism. Um, no, I wasn't going to ask so much about investing, but I was like, from your perspectives, because um, we were out for dinner the other night and you got stopped, you know, recognized at the restaurant about, you know, and people come up and thank you. Like, what is the thing that you're most proud of uh, since starting Equity Mates? Wow, that is a big question. The yeah. thing I'm most proud of. I, look... Ren and I sit in the studio for almost five hours a week and look at each other and chat to each other. And I don't think that feeling has ever changed over the last five years. And we just love talking about what we do. And it's uh, it's hard to know who we're talking to. So um, I think when we get feedback on the episodes and, um, you know, broader feedback about how Equity Mates has genuinely changed people's lives and helped them... Um, you know, improve their financial situations. Um, that's always a really pleasing aspect to hear because at the end of the day, we never started this to make money. We never started this as a full-time career. It was always just about um, making content that would help other people and, um, you know, content that's relatable and, and uh, it's it's great to see. I'm really mm. proud about that. Yeah, And I don't think we've, touch wood, diverted too much from that either. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I think the fact that we can now employ people is something that uh, is pretty... It's both daunting and something to be proud of. Um, but I think for me, especially this year, uh, the thing that I think we, sh we the three of us and uh, Emily and Darcy and all of our other hosts should be really proud of is how many big finance brands 
ignored us and now are either following us or you know really want to be a part of the equity mates journey i think that that says something about the effect that the equity mates community like the people everyone listening to these podcasts like how it's changing the way that big finance brands try and deal with their customers and you know every every finance brand from the asx themselves to magellan to all of the big four banks to the brokers have all started a podcast because they're all trying to speak directly to their audience people that would ignore our emails and ignore our calls are now you know inviting us to lunch and trying to get on the show and all this stuff and i think it just shows that there's this whole community of retail investors that for probably a generation have been funneled into financial advisors and we saw the effect that advisors had you know in the royal commission we saw that there was a real bad element to that um for in part of the advisor community and that that these retail investors are finally waking up and realizing that like this is something that they can do and you know they're holding financial institutions accountable and asking hard questions and i think that we can be part of that is is pretty exciting yeah. yeah, and if you if you are a brand out there that did ignore <laughs> ignore us, we're now we're now ignoring you. So. <laughs> um, and what would you say is like the most the thing that's taking you by surprise the most? Oh, that people will listen. Getting to, us? to the- <laughs> like, seriously, it is weird that people listen to us. <laughs> like, what do we have to say? <laughs> I think I think. Getting to this point has taken me by surprise, if that makes sense. Like, uh, we quit last year, quit our jobs last year. You came on board as employee number one. That was like surprise. Like, okay, we've now hired someone. We <laughs> then- surprised that I took the job. <laughs> no, no, but I th- and then and then we raised, and the the people and the investors that have supported us as part of that raise was certainly something that I think we would have dreamt of, or we did dream of, but really surprised that it it, um, it came the way it did um, so yeah I, I, every week kind of is just like a yo that's a surprise yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> at Bryce's level of maturity like if you, <laughs> if you saw him at uni you wouldn't expect to see him like this <laughs> yeah well yeah. <laughs> nah I, I think uh, yeah every everything has been surprising mm. yeah. Yeah. and I think it will continue well hopefully it will continue to be if it stops being surprising and gets very boring, then we're probably doing something wrong. Did That's- you think you'd be doing this? No, no way. But I think like I've got, uh, I've always had a certain attitude of like, yeah, seems like fun. Let's give it a go. Which comes back to the, like, that's why I invest because career-wise it's always been, you know, investing gave me a pool of money that meant that when I hated my job in Melbourne, I went, I walked into work one day and went, I quit. And like, and then when my boss said, why, what are you going to do? I went, oh, I'm going to go traveling. And I had no plans. And I literally just said that in the moment. And then went, all right, well, I guess, I'm, I guess I better leave the country because she's going to be suspicious about where I went. That's classy. <laughs> if I don't leave, she's going to be like, Sasha's still in the country. I saw her at the train station. So that's what, like, I went and did six weeks in Italy and then I went to London for three years and then um, – and then, you know, investing was what, um, I think I talked about this on you in good company, but, you know, when COVID hit and I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll do another year in London, maybe I'll come home. And then, um, you know, COVID happened and I suddenly went like, I, I've got to go home. Like, I'm so homesick. And then flights were $14,000 and I was like, 
how the hell am I going to pay to get on a plane because I need to get home and um thankfully I had like other resources but that's why like I think like being in charge of your finances is so important because it gave me that freedom in that moment of a literal like global disaster to just go yeah yeah I I can afford to get out yeah um and then yeah and then coming back and kind of going like well I have no job what am I gonna do and then um and the arts which I had worked in was pretty standstill for the last two years and then like you guys came along and like the radio experience kind of made sense and I just went well why not I invest this seems interesting you guys were like I felt like we had the same kind of identity when it came or the same kind of mindset when it came to um, making content and telling stories. And so I went, yeah, seems fun. Well, it's been awesome, <laughs> Sasha. You've done an awesome job. A reminder to the community that uh, Get Started Investing is not our only show. We've got Equity Mates, which is our flagship. flagship. But then, as Sasha just mentioned, You're in Good Company is another great one. Comedian v. Economist, Talk Money to Me, Meet, Pay, Love, Crypto Curious. Have I forgotten any? I don't think so. I was I was really hoping I'd be able to catch you out there. But I think he's got them all. Plenty of all, plenty of shows. Yeah, that, I think he's that's got them all. That, yeah, that was seven in total. It's a concern that we're all like, I think so. Uh, so plenty of um, content in the Equity Mates media stable for anyone on their investing journey, no matter where you are. And now, if you are looking to dip your toes into the crypto space as well, there's the the crypto curious. Yeah, there. You've got to be Paris Hilton with your NFT. Exactly, exactly. Mm. One thing I forgot to mention at the top before we wrap this is the Equity Mates Awards. Uh, there's going to be more info in the show notes or over on the Equity Mates Investing uh, Instagram page. But we're going to be highlighting some of the amazing things that we've done this year. There's five categories. We've got Expert Investor of the Year. We've got CEO Business Leader of the Year, Community Member of the Year, ETF of the Year, and Product of the Year. So nominations are open. Platform of the year. Sorry, platform of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nominations are open. We want our community uh, across all the shows to nominate based on the content that we've been doing this year uh, in each of those categories. And then we'll come up with a list of finalists and award them with what is now the most coveted finance award. That's it. That's it. We were, I was speaking earlier about the power of the Equity Mates community, the uprising of the retail investor. Let's now start using that weight and awarding you know product issuers and platform uh, providers and uh, you know make them realize that this is there's this big retail investor community that they got to service and that's it this is going to be the most coveted award out there so get your nominations in get I'm just your votes loving in. loving coveted like yeah. we just have decided that oh, everyone yeah. wants it yeah that's okay. it well, Every, everyone does yeah. want it yeah. they, they I mean, will want this award scarcity does count for something that's so it. yeah it hasn't the, been awarded before the thing is especially those ETF providers you know they are in uh, big competition with each other and they're not going to want the other ones to win no. so they'll cover it as like a defensive <laughs> we don't want anyone else to yeah, get yeah yeah can't wait for that one I know <laughs> I reckon we'll be getting some emails. Yes. So head over, put some nominations in uh, based on the content, not only on this podcast, but across the entire Equity Mates well, network. Well, ETF and platform is just like whatever's out there. It doesn't have to have been on any of our shows. Just what do you think's good? Yeah. 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 As a retail investor, there's so many people trying to get you to put your money in things or to use things. Tell us what you think is worth it. Tell us what you think is good. We should do worst of the year as well. Maybe. We'll Maybe that that, we'll put a pin in that for 2022. <laughs> but Sasha, it's been an absolute pleasure. Stoked to have you up here in the studio in, in uh, IRL. So uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys.
Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 